This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the preview podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Paul Wheelock, and on this show, we will be looking ahead to the visits of Fulham to Anfield. They've been few and far between so far this season, but it's been a pretty rough week for Liverpool. There's no doubt that the Champions League defeat at Red Star has raised some questions about Jurgen Klopp's side, but it's worth remembering that victory on Sunday would move the Reds back to the top of the Premier League table, for two hours at least, and perhaps even longer if their biggest rivals Everton and Manchester United can do them a favour later in the afternoon. And the good thing is, Liverpool could not ask for a better opponent to bounce back against. That much is made clear by the first guest of this podcast, Ryan O'Donovan, who covers Fulham for the Football.London website. Fulham are bottom and have lost their last six games in all competitions, and as Ryan explains, they appear to have real problems in their camp. He also explains why the Reds may have dodged a bullet when it comes to a player they were long linked with before his surprise move to Craven Cottage in the summer. You'll then hear from the Echo's Paul Gorst, who talks a fallout from the Red Star defeat, why Jordan Shakiri and Naby Keita should start on Sunday, and why the match should give Liverpool the chance to close the gap on Manchester City in more ways than one. But first up is my chat with Ryan O'Donovan. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And we're now joined by Ryan O'Donovan, who covers Fulham for the Football.London website. Ryan, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay mate, looking forward to this game on Sunday to see if Liverpool can bounce back from that game in midweek when they lost to Red Star. And there was a bit of disappointment and there was questions asked within the fan base given the performance, but it would appear Fulham have, have much bigger problems. Uh, they come to Anfield on the back of six straight defeats. Are they playing as badly as that run suggests? Uh, in, a, in short, yes they are. Right. It's, <laughs> not been, it's not been pretty for Fulham, you know, there's... There doesn't seem to be any team cohesion at the moment, and I know Liverpool fans were unhappy after that midweek defeat. But if they've been watching Fulham this season, then I don't think they can be too disheartened by their performance, having seen what Fulham are doing. Yeah, but we spoke earlier this season uh, on one of the Everton podcasts we do, and it was just before Fulham's last trip to Merseyside to Goodison. And around that time, as we were saying before we pressed the record on this conversation, then that they were in pretty good form. Fulham they started life back in the Premier League pretty well, but it does seem like the wheels have fallen off since then. What's gone wrong? Um, I think there's a few things that, that have gone wrong at Fulham. I think, firstly, not having Tom Kearney fit is a massive loss to them. You know, He's the one that makes things happen. And when they played up at Everton that time, it looked like he was coming back from injury. He played about 20-odd minutes. But after that, they haven't had him back until last week when they played Bournemouth. So not having him, you know, he's the one that really makes Fulham tick. And he's the one everything goes through. So not having him in that side has just been a massive loss to the team going forward. And then on the other, other side of that, the team just don't look like they're they're playing for one another at the moment. A few players have come out and said, you know, there's no fight in it. They've they've smashed their own teammates for it. Tim Ream especially has come out and said some of these teammates don't seem to want it. And you know, and that's never a good side for sign for a football side when their their own players are coming out and slamming their players in the press. Jukanovic said after the game at Huddersfield on Monday night that there's no there's no fight in this team. You know, he he slammed these players as well. So. It, it, it's not good for Fulham, you know. There, there seems to be things in the dressing room that aren't going well. They're not playing well on the pitch. They're not defending very well. So it has all the makings for for a pretty poor season at the moment. Yeah, when when you hear players talking like that, the managers talking like that, it's, it's no surprise that stories go around about the manager's future. And it, there have been some that say Yukanovic is under pressure. Do you think there's any substance to to those kind of reports and rumours? I think. When you are on a six-match losing streak and you find yourself at the bottom of the Premier League, you are going to be under pressure. But the Khans have come out, the owners, the Khans have come out and said that they, they back him. Slab's their guy, I think was the words they used. But you do have to start looking at it like, 
this game against Liverpool isn't going to determine Slavica Djukanovic's future because no one's ever expected them to go to Anfield and win. Even before the season, this was never a game that Fulham's season would be measured on. It's the games against Huddersfield, against Cardiff, and that one against Southampton they've got after the international break, which is the games he's going to be measured on. So I think going into this game, you know, I think he's job safe for the moment. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger, as it were, just yet. But after, if, if they lose really badly at Anfield and then lose against Southampton, then I do start to fear for his future and, and what the club are going to do. Yeah, because looking from the outside, is that fair, given the man, he, he's the man who led the club to promotion? I don't think many people expected Fulham to come up last season. And uh, another question, what are the fans' feelings about it? Yeah, so at the moment, it's pretty split down the middle. I did a poll on Twitter after the defeat at Huddersfield and it is right down the middle. 50% want him to go, 50% want him to stay. So it, it is a split fan base at the moment. A lot of people remember what Djokanovic has done for the club. You know, when he came in, they were near the bottom of the championship facing League One in the face and he's turned them around, got them playing this good style of football, got them into the playoffs and then got them promoted the following season. It hasn't quite worked out for him this season, but it is one of those, you know, do you give him the time he probably deserves for, for what he's done for the club to try and turn things around or do you panic and, and go for someone else? And in my opinion, I think they should stick with him because... They brought in so many players over the summer that if you now sack him now, you're starting the whole process again. You've got 12 new players you need to bed in. Then you've got a new manager with new tactics, new ideas. It just resets the whole process. You're play, basically playing with an 11-game de- deficit. Yeah. So for me, the, the best thing to do would be keep him until at least Christmas and see what happens then. You mentioned the, the transfer business in the summer. Everyone wishes they had the benefit of hindsight. And I know I, for one, was looking at thinking, God, Fulham have bought well over the summer. But it's not quite worked out like that, has it? Yeah, I, I thought, at the end of the summer, I thought, wow, this, this is a real statement of intent for Fulham. These signings are brilliant. And on paper, they were. But then once you get 11 games in, you get to see what they're like on the pitch, how they bed into a team. That's the important thing, how, how a player beds into a football side. They could be the best player in the world. But if they don't fit the side system, they're never going to work. And having that many players come in, it's such a high turnover. I was looking into it yesterday. Over the last three seasons, Fulham have brought 40 players into the club. Wow, wow. And you, you, you can't build a team doing that. So bringing in 12 players now, yes, Jean-Michael Serri is a brilliant player and Alexandra Mitrovic scored goals and Andre Scherl has won the World Cup, but they just don't seem to be bedding into the side at the moment. And having that such a high turnover, it's so hard to get 12 players. I think it's nearly impossible to get 12 players bedded into a side properly. It's hard enough with five, let alone 12, when not all of them are going to play. So having that high turnover, it's been so difficult for Djokanovic to try and get him into the side. Alfie Mawson was signed with an injury, you know, he'd undergone knee surgery and he hasn't really come back the same player that he was at Swansea last season. So it's all these things that have all added up into Fulham having the poor season they're having at the moment. Has it affected the team spirit? Because the way we started this conversation, it's clear all's not well in the camp, but there must have been a good one last season to, to get all the way to Wembley and win the playoffs, you know, and every time I watch Fulham, it, it seemed like a real, you know, tight-knit group. Yeah, I think it definitely has. Last season and the season before that, one thing about Fulham is that the players were so tight-knit you know, there wasn't clicks, it was one big group. But this season, they seem to have lost that a bit. You know, it's the new players have come in, and understandably, you know, you've got French players in there that will stick together. You've got players from Spain that are going to stick together. But they seem to have lost that, that team spirit that got them through last season. You know, they went on a 23-game unbeaten run last season. And you don't do that without having a really, really good team spirit. And it just doesn't seem to be there this season. And the fact that players are coming out in the press slamming other players, I think that speaks volumes for me.
Agreed. Just ask you about one of the summer signings that you mentioned a moment ago, uh, Jean-Michel Seddy. He was linked with Liverpool pretty heavily, wasn't he, before signing for Fulham and his, his arrival at Craven Cottage was hailed as a real coup. Has, has he performed as well as, as, as everyone would have liked? In the first few games, he looked like a Champions League player. You could see him and you thought, right, Fulham are going to make a fair bit of money off him in the, in the next summer. You could, say, you could probably say he was only going to be a one-season player at Fulham before he moved on to a bigger club. But after that, we've not seen anything like the sort of what we thought Seri is. You know, he's he's easily shrugged off the ball at the moment. He's not making things happen. He just he looks a bit lost out there. I don't know. I don't know why. You know, at the start of the season, like I said, he looked an absolutely brilliant player, and he did look like the real deal. But since then, his performances have just slowly, gradually gone more and more downhill to the point where on Monday night against Huddersfield, the game passed him by. He was getting shrugged off the ball easily. He looked like a little kid out there. So I don't know what's what's gone wrong with Seri, whether he's not adapted to, to English football yet or or if there's other things behind the scenes, but it, he's just not looked the player that everyone thought they were getting in the summer. Let's try to be positive for any Fulham fans particularly listening. Is there anyone performing well at the moment? You've already talked about Tom Kearney coming back and obviously a big player for the, for the team. Is there anyone Liverpool will have to be wary of on, on Sunday? Uh, that's a good question. Um, on his day, Tom Kearney's a brilliant footballer. You know, we saw against City on Thursday in the Carabao Cup. He has the ability to unlock defences with one pass. And that City side that played Fulham wasn't a bad City side at all. They had very good players. Company was playing in the fence. But he was still able to, to prize that defence open at times. So if Tom Kearney plays the way he can, that will be a, a point for Liverpool to look out for. His passes through to, to Mitrovic and to his wingers through the gaps in the, in the defence. That would be one thing. And Mitrovic, of course, he hasn't had the Robert de Green at the moment, but that's because of the service he's getting. But if he gets that service on Sunday, he's going to be a handful for, for Liverpool's defenders, like he'd be a handful for anyone. So I think those two players are the ones that you'd have to look out for, because on their day, we know how good they are. How do you think Fulham will approach this game? Certainly at the start of the season, he looked pretty gung-ho, almost like refreshingly so, wasn't it? But is it still the same now, or is Jukanovic having to rein it in a bit? <laughs> It is to a degree, but now he's trying to adapt it to, to the situation they find themselves in. So at the start of the season, we saw a 4-3-3 from Fulham, which they played all last season. Nice flying football, but it was too easily opened up at the back. So I think for this game, he'll probably go a bit more defensive. You know, I think we might see two defensive midfielders for Fulham sitting in front of that back four to try and protect it a little bit more from Liverpool's front three. So I don't think we're going to see the free-flying football we perhaps saw last season at the start of the season here. I think it'll be a bit more of a defensive effort. I think similar to what we saw in the cup against City, a lot of people behind the ball chasing shadows pretty much, but but being compact and then hitting them on the break. I think that's the way Djokanovic will approach this game because I don't think if they lose, I don't think that's important. It's the manner of how they lose. If they go out there and put on a performance but still lose, I think fans will be happy. But if they go out there and get walked over, then I think questions will raise the game. No problem. Do you think it's a good time to play for Liverpool? To play Liverpool, I should say, given they lost in midweek, or is that uh, the worst thing because they might be looking for a reaction on Sunday? Yeah, it's one of those with Liverpool. They don't often lose two games in a row. So one way you look at it, they didn't perform very well on Wednesday night, and it could be a bit of a boost for Fulham. But at the same time, do Liverpool perform badly two games in a row? And the answer is probably not. So you know, I don't think there's ever a good time to play a team like Liverpool, but. That result on Wednesday shows they can get beaten. It was by a Serbian side. Mitrovic is Serbian, Djukanovic is Serbian. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? Ball punishments. Just a quick one, which I always ask our uh, opposition experts. What have you made of Liverpool this season, apart from the Red Star results in midweek? Yeah, I've been impressed with Liverpool. I think with Liverpool, if it's just typical that 
Manchester City are so good because any other time they'd win the league with this side. It's one of those things. But I don't think they've, they've hit the heights that they did last season. At times, I think they've looked a bit lethargic playing their football. But at the same time, they've done really well there. They're second in the league. Well, they're near the top of the league. And I think, you know, they, they, they're probably going to be the biggest challengers to City this season. I still don't think they're going to they're gonna prize it away from City because City are just that good. But in any other year, if Liverpool had this side and City didn't have the side they had, they, they'd probably walk the league. Just a final one. I think I may know your answer to this, but if I had to push you for a result on Sunday, what would you go for? Oh, this, uh, I don't want to go too negative, but I could really see a 3 1 4 1 happening there. Yeah. Yeah, well, hope for your sake it doesn't happen, but obviously from our sake in Liverpool we do. Uh, Ryan, thanks very much for joining us, mate. I hope things pick up at Craven Cottage after this weekend. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, good to be joined by Paul Gorse now. Paul, you okay, mate? Yeah, not too bad, Paul, yeah. yeah. Yeah, looking forward to this game on Sunday, Liverpool versus Fulham and Anfield. The chance for the Reds to bounce back. It is, um, and I know Jürgen Klopp publicly wouldn't declare it, but I think it's a good chance for Liverpool to kind of um, claw back some of that plus 13 goal difference on Manchester City. Fulham have, have got problems all over the pitch, um, leaking goals left and right, and um, it's, it's, as I say, it's a good chance for Liverpool to, to maybe rack up the goals on Sunday. Before we, we concentrate more on the game, let's have a quick word about Red Star in midweek. There's been a lot of fallouts, haven't it? You'll obviously see it here working at the Echo. Have you been surprised by it a bit? No, not really, because I think um, I think some fans have have been glass half empty, shall we say, uh, even when Liverpool have been getting decent results and good results. So, not surprised at all by the negative reaction to that one on on Tuesday night. Uh, and to be fair, it was deserved. No one uh, had a good game. There was no one who come off the pitch. You can kind of point at and think, well, they they had a go. Uh, very disappointing across the park, and, and Liverpool ultimately didn't deserve to, to get anything from it. Um, it's just one of those games where the atmosphere probably took Liverpool by surprise, even though a lot had been made of it. And um, Red Star fully deserved it. He, he scored the two early goals with, with Pavkov. Great header to, to get the ball rolling. And then he's absolutely spanked one in, hasn't he, from 25 yards. So uh, fair play to them. Liverpool weren't, weren't good enough on the day and um, they deserve the criticism, I think. Jurgen Klopp was very honest in his assessments after the game. And he, he's, to be fair to him, I was reading the pieces after it, and he, he said after a lot of games this season, we've not played at our best, mm. we've not played at our best. But in a strange way, do you think what happened in Belgrade might actually be a good thing, you know, longer term? That is, it's that classic cliche wake-up call, but, you know, just rem- just to remind the players that they have to perform, you know, if they want to stay in this title race and go for the big trophies. Yeah, you hope so. Um, as I say, it, some people kind of felt that the results had been coming and it's uh, probably coming to the place that no one expected it to, you know, who were supposed to be the, the whipping boys of the group. But um, it, it could be a wake-up call, couldn't it, as you say, and the, the Champions League prospects aren't, aren't terminal now as a result of that that defeat. Um, they basically, they've got a lot to do. need to go to PSG and, and grind out a result there or uh, put two past Napoli and Anfield on the final day. But, um, yeah, I suppose if you are taking positives from a, from a very disappointing night, it's that um, some of the players might have had a little kick up the backside. Yeah, we'll see if there's a response. I'm sure there will be on Sunday against Fulham. And as you touched on, again, it looks like the perfect opponents, doesn't it? They're in a bit of disarray. And and you touched on the goal difference as well. That's important, isn't it? Because uh, first and foremost, you need Liverpool to get back to winning ways on Sunday. But City are you know, motoring ahead in that yeah, respect, yeah. aren't they? Well, it's an extra point, isn't it? You know, if, if Liverpool go level with City, then City are still ahead because they, they've scored more. It's, it's as simple as that. And um, Fulham... Chipping goals, as as I mentioned, all over the shop conceded four to a to a Cardiff side who, who were particularly limited up top. So 
it's it's a it's a good chance for Liverpool to kind of regain that swagger that was so apparent to, towards the you know the the spring of last season and uh, put a little spring back in the step. Really, you know, if if Jurgen Klopp really goes for it attacking wise, then you can't see anything other than a Liverpool win and um, a, a healthy win at that. So if he does go for it, do you think you might see a Shaqiri in a, an attacking midfield role or Firmino there and play with almost four forwards? Yeah, um, I'd, I'd be bringing Shaqiri straight back in and I would put him in, in that advanced midfield role. Again, there was no secret that the midfield was lacking a bit of creativity and a, a bit of uh, bit of quality in the final third the other night. And Shaqiri is a great remedy to that. He, you know, he, Whenever he's played, he's looked a class act. And I think if you asked him, he probably would say that he'd um, he'd like to play central out of uh, the the few positions he can play. So I think if he's playing in there with uh, you know whoever it might be behind them, whether it's Genie Wijnaldum or Fabinho or even if Henderson comes back into it, but um, I'd like to see Navigate get get a run out as well. He obviously hasn't played for a month. The pool of kind of missed his his dynamism and his um, his thrust in the in the uh, in the midfield area. So I think it's a great chance for him to come back and kind of show. Um, show why he was brought in because obviously he had a storm didn't he against West Ham on the on the opening weekend and he's kind of showed him flashes here and there but he hasn't quite got going yet so I think uh, Sunday might be a good game for him as well Do you think like Liverpool he's almost a victim of like the not circumstance but he, his move was a long time in the making wasn't it there was a lot of expectation mm. and because he's not probably hit the ground running in the way he wants to like people may feel a bit like oh is this the play we signed Yeah definitely I think if you contrast it with the other summer sign and the, the big midfield sign and Fabinho which was like a bolt from the blue, wasn't it, in the, the aftermath of uh, Kiev. So uh, no one's seen that coming, so it's, he's kind of been gently eased in, but fans expected an awful lot of, of caters straight away because they knew he was coming uh, nine months earlier and uh, they paid 50-odd million for him and, and he was basically touted as one of the finest midfielders in the Bundesliga. So I think um, I think maybe a lot has, maybe too much has been expected of him early, but... As I say, I do think it is a good chance for him to, to get in the side on, on Sunday and uh, basically show what he's all about. We have seen it in flashes, so it'd be great to see it across the 90 minutes on Sunday. So, let's see. You've got Cater in your midfield. You've got Shaqiri. Who else comes in for you, I reckon? I'd, I'd, I think I'd stick with Wijnaldum. He wasn't wasn't great to the night, but then again, I don't think anyone covered themselves in glory. I think he's got enough credit in the bank this season to, to stay in the team. So I think I'd go with uh, Juan Alderman, Keita, and then Shaqiri a little bit further forward, and then the front three. Uh, I bring Firmino back. I wouldn't uh, wouldn't be playing storage for this one. And obviously, Mane and Salah wreaking havoc against the defensive conceded twenty nine, I think, or twenty seven in in the eleven games so far. Play, already played three keepers. You, you, Slavica Kanovic seems to be um, really struggling to find his best team at the moment, and I think Liverpool can really take advantage. Just a final one. It's worth remembering, isn't it? Liverpool win on Sunday. They go back to the top yeah. of the table for at least a couple of hours and you never know. Everton may get some with Chelsea. United seems to be improving. They may beat uh, City on their own patch like they did last season. It's Everything that's happened this week, I'm probably trying to say, you have to put into context a little oh, bit. Of course, you? yeah. It's um, it's not the way of the world now, is it? People don't kind of look at it like that, but it's kind of just like the last 15 minutes are all that matters. But yeah, it, it, as you say, Liverpool go top with a win against the team who are really struggling at home at Anfield they're unbeaten there in the, in the league since April 2017 so it's not a bad situation to be in is it Let, let's face it going into the November international break and then um, you've just got Manchester City uh, and, and Everton to, oh, sorry Manchester United and Everton who, who you, you hope can do the pool a favour which uh, is an interesting one but <clears throat> no reason why Everton can't get a result against uh, Chelsea they've been in good form themselves and um, 
United, you know, went to Juventus, didn't he, on, on Wednesday night? So, you never know, Liverpool could be top of the league by Sunday evening. So, you know, what crisis? One of those rare, rare occasions where Copites might be sporting United. <laughs> yeah. I spoke to John Aldridge actually earlier in the week and, and he said, to be honest, this might be the only time I've ever, uh, I'll ever be back in Manchester United. And uh, I think uh, a lot of people will be feeling the same way. Over to you, Jose. Paul, thanks very much for joining me, mate. No problem. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.